Welcome to another episode of the STG podcast where we speak about science, technology, gaming and other stuff. Today we are in a studio. It's uh, me, Giovanni, with Johanna. Hey. And then we have a guest, Esa Kallio. Hello. So he is a professor at Aalto University and, well, maybe you can introduce yourself. You know better than me for sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, my, my name is Esa Kallio and I'm I'm a professor at Aalto University, as you mentioned, that my topics is the space science and technology. So my background, actually, I'm uh, my background is I'm a space physicist, uh, uh, but I'm always been involved in space missions, uh, in e several ESA missions like Mars Express, Venus Express, Rosetta, now the launch of Pepe Colombo. Mm. We are preparing a choice mission to Jupiter. So, so space technology and space instrumentations that has always been the core of, of my, my work. Okay, so space physics, is it uh, more of an engineering topic of how to build the spacecraft? Or it's more like that? Because Johanna was studying astronomy. Well, yeah, but astronomy is still different from space physics. Yeah, at least okay. what I understand. I mean, my, my understanding of when someone says space physics, what comes to my mind is basically uh, the physics of the uh, solar system or the physics of the uh, space around Earth. So basically, okay. like the near spaces. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't know if that is. For example, plasma physics it sounds to me like space physics. Okay, but astronomy is more like study of. Yeah, stars or or galaxies or all right or cosmology. That's more to. Oh, astrology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, astrology as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, you are involved in several. Uh, mission then you actually involved in building the spacecrafts or more on the science that are used there? So more, more on science because my background is on space physics and actually in space plasma physics as the okay. was mentioned. So those instrument teams that, uh, that have been involved, they, they are making uh, planetary research or, or moon research or cometary research. Okay. And the umbrella, the umbrella term is uh, space weather, hmm. so the, how the sun affects the different solar system objects. Earth, of course, it is the most important to us, but also to other, other planets and asteroids and moons. Okay, that's space weather. That's, uh, that's quite nice <laughs> the way it's put it. And uh, also, how much, uh, before we go to the topic of today, that is this uh, satellites, built in the university in here in Aalto University. How much is uh, well the university and then Finland in general involved in the ESA program? Like what what is the contribution of the university and Finland? Uh, it it really depends. In some some of those missions, for example for example Rosetta mission that was uh, was uh, this comet showroom of Gerasimenko, Finnish contribution to the science instruments was was really really huge. Uh, it was five instruments that, that Finland contributed to some way or another. So was, Finland was really big in that respect. But in all of those instruments it made a small part. Because those space instruments they are expensive and they need all kind of expertise. And uh, typically there are maybe 10 or so uh, institutes all over the world and everybody does some specific Things and in Finland we have a certain expertise in certain certain regions and that's the reason why we involved in, in many many. But in some cases in Pepe Colombo it was just launched um, in the fall, so in Finland we had a one principal investigator instrument and uh, involved involvement in several other. Uh, so it's a uh, Finland is a small country and the amount of money is a very small compared to big countries. But anyway we have a of food in, in, in several doors. It's, it's of course uh, somehow easier to contribute on the science part when you have the expertise of that than to have an actually big like space industry that maybe Italy, France and Germany and, but the UK we still consider it part of Europe now <laughs> as today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they, it's much easier to have uh, all the like, actual spacecraft building. But yeah so now we go to the topic of today that is satellites that they have been three already yes at least two for sure and then the third is it sent also yeah right. so if you think about all the other universities 
Uh, maybe I, because maybe we, before we go to those cubes or those small satellites, maybe I would maybe say why I'm interested about those kind of small yeah, satellites. Yeah. Because when I'm, I mentioned those uh, those big expensive billion euros uh, missions, like uh, Black Rosetta or maybe Colombo or USA, they are very, very long duration project. For example, in Rosetta it took uh, over 20 years when we started the project until we got the data. Mm. So 20 years is it's quite a long so yeah, so it's a career <laughs> of someone. <laughs> yes, and unfortunately even some um, have already passed okay. away because um, 23 years is a long time. And uh, the same happened to Pepe Colombo, it finally launched, but it, we have to say same spent seven years before we get the data. Mm. And the Jewish mission to Jupiter, it will be launched 2022 and we will get data 2030. Oof. So we still have to wait a long time. For me, it's a retirement yeah. retirement <laughs> project. So I will probably be kicked out from the university at the time when we get the data. So it means that um, when we talk about this kind of expensive epic, we are talking about very the project that has been uh, designed also very long time ago, so it also means that the technology is, is very old, but it also it's also very expensive because it has to be reliable, it has to be survived 10, 20, 30 years or so. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit so old a person at the moment that I don't have many 20 years per period. And this is one reason why I'm, I'm motivated to involve this kind of small, fast satellite project. That, that we are getting an out of. And uh, yes, this uh, at the university we have now uh, built and sent three own satellites. So Alto 1 was the first satellite, was the first uh, Finnish satellite. Uh, the design was started 2010 when the Alto was published university. And then it, it was launched uh, one and a half years ago. About the same time when, uh, when also Alto 2 was launched. And Alto 1 is still flying into space and, and, and getting, we are getting data. Alto 2 is already burned in the, in the atmosphere. So the orbit was a little bit, uh, uh, it was closer to Earth and the atmosphere finally uh, dropped it automatically. Already a couple of months ago. And the third satellite, this Suomi satellite, was launched in December. So those are what has been built in Alta University. But uh, when we are talking about small satellites, but Alta University is not the only one who has uh, built uh, this kind of small satellite. There, there are also uh, three uh, satellites, uh, small satellites, uh, launched uh, by, uh, by the small companies. Uh, Hello World is, is flying and it was launched a few, uh, about a week ago before Suomi satellite, satellite was launched. Then at the same time when Suomi satellite was launched, uh, um, um, ISI company's uh, second satellite was launched. So, so actually, actually yeah, six satellites that have been launched. These were developed and designed. Okay, so Aalto started the, the trend and then... <laughs> Now, so that this is the the point, the, the difference between this huge satellite that are bigger than cars compared to these cubes that are ten centimeter by ten centimeter or almost like Rubik cubes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are yeah, really yeah. small. Or you can of course make be bigger than that, but they relatively small. So you can actually build something like that with students. They don't really know what they are doing. That's the definition of a student. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they can actually now. I, I knew someone that he was in Erasmus, uh, not in Erasmus, in uh, doing ex an exchange anyway, and he was working on Alto One. So it kind of gives the possibility of just student to work on this and and what we would like. Well, first, what is the difference? Like, or what are the main things about these small satellites that? you care about and now why are they becoming so famous and everybody wants to have one yes actually so you, you you are right that that, that pointed out that our university is some something some sense the 
and uh, the starting point of Finnish small satellite because this ISI company it was uh, established by the students who first were worked in Aalto ah, okay. they, they really get their hands on expertise and recognize that okay we can even do something what that nobody has done it before and the same happens in Aalto 2 there is a reactor space lab that I mentioned hello world it, mm. they are also as students who built this Aldo 2 and actually they also make own company. Okay. So this is really in that respect that all satellites are in some sense historically related to the to the student satellites that Aldo started in 2003. And it's one reason why why nowadays, because when I started this business, actually I start almost exactly 30 years ago. So summer, summer 1989. So at that time, that time Finnish only contributed a small piece in one uh, instrument. At that, that time, I couldn't imagine that we are now in, in the situation that we can build and we have built our own instrument and our own satellite, and we can all control it by ourselves and command it and, and get the data down. So that we can really we have done everything by ourselves mm. and the reason why it's, it's possible is this kind of standard standardization so those cubes that the name a little bit tells that it's a, the size is a, a, a cubic and so very very well defined what is what is the, the maximum mass and actually what is the size and so when we we can now make everybody can make own satellite following those cubes at standards and get relatively easy access to space so that, uh, that, that you only have to build only uh, it's also challenging but you can only you have to build a satellite as this kind of standard satellite and then you give it to somebody a launch provider that bring uh, that to launch state put that to, to launcher and then we wait that it, that it is in the space so earlier you have to really make a satellite and all kind of mechanical interfaces to the spacecraft and all kind of mm -hmm. this kind of straight this kind of uh, tailored thing that is so expensive yeah. but now now you could really look that this this is the box size and okay we will do that one and when we know that that it fits to this kind of launch pad so then we, we just keep somebody for example, we, we, we Suomi Sata was launched by this Elon Musk Falcon 9 in, in, in California. So there is a, they made a, Elon Musk by SpaceX made the launcher and then, then there's a company who bought uh, the launch and actually sell and the space to small satellites and then there are those companies who, who take care of that uh, the persons and institutes who made the cubes uh, just uh, give the those and they broke the, the launch states. So there is many companies who is taking care of and you have to pay of course money, yeah. but the amount of money is, is not so much. Uh, maybe just uh, because actually it wasn't the first idea to make a Finnish cubes in, in, uh, in 2010, already in 1990. It was a plan to build own Finnish satellite, and very good, good design or planning. Actually, even 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 some kind of a model, but actually they run out of the money. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's that. At that, that time, it was expensive, but because of those reasons, it's now yeah. possible. And this is actually interesting how it works now because it sounds almost like it's it's all already a service. So you can you can it's almost like I don't know. Um, any other service you can uh, send a package. Yeah, yeah. You, you can you can call a shop, send me a TV, or you can you can just give something to a courier, and they will, you know, they will deliver it to space for you. It sounds like it's very nice that it's made so easy. But on the, what is more or less the cost of sending a cube? Like in what range? Yeah, so the rule of the rule of thumb is that this kind of one liter, so one unit. Uh, 10 times 10 times 10 centimeter it's about if you have a 60 kilo euro so 60,000 I think that then you are about on the safe side okay and then if you have a two it's about uh, two times 60 yeah three is three times okay. 60. so 
I mean, 50 to 100,000, you can find something to space. So, yeah, I mean, it's not cheap, but uh, compared to the millions of before, it's, That's true. it's quite good. Is there some kind of, uh, again, a very unrelated question somehow, but interesting question. Is there an um, insurance policy for the uh, launcher? Because they will get lots of these little satellites and that's many hundreds of hours of, of work. Uh, do, do they have, if the, uh, like the launch goes completely awry and everything is broken and destroyed, do they have like an insurance policy or what happens? So if we would have lost, if, if there would have been a launch um, failure and we have, would have lost, for example, Suomi Sata in this launch, we would not have got, got anything, anything back. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's, we, we could have made some kind of insurance in theoretically, but then in practice, actually, I don't know how, 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 the, how that could have been done. So what is the insurance funding uh, amount? So we knocked the wood, so everything <laughs> happened once. So. Uh, I would imagine the bigger the satellite, the better insurance they have. Or, or the less insurance they have, because it's everything is so expensive and it's sort of uh, a unique thing. Yeah, you don't have money anymore to pay for insurance. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, if you don't have any more on the topic. No, no, not on this. Yeah. The, yeah, what I, w I really want to know is uh, how do you actually, so I come there, I have this cube, what do I do now? Yeah, yes, actually yes, the question about how to make maybe cubes at least. Sometimes I feel that it's some, something like that you are making a food. Hmm. So you, you have first have to decide what is the, 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 what kind of food you want to have. So what, what is the goal? And then when you have decided to the goal, then you will start to collect the material. I mean that if you want to have a pot, want to have in the food potatoes, it doesn't mean that you start to grow potatoes. Mm. Or if you want to have a butter, you don't first have to buy a car, cow and, <laughs> and make this kind of thing. Yeah. So you make uh, this kind of modules or this kind of uh, uh, products that you start to collect and build together. So this also happens in satellites, of course, because for example, we use all kind of electrical components, we don't build our microprocessors or, yeah. or, or this kind of things. So then we, then we know what, what we need and what are the requirements, then we go to the shop. Actually, this was, that was actually a good, good statement that you was previously mentioned, that it's this kind of business that you, if you want to, make a launch, you just could buy it. Actually, if you go to internet, you can then look at how much it goes, pays to go to moon or some mm. other places, and then yeah. make a shopping. Yeah. So this is one thing, but also when you really make a cube, then you make a shopping. Then, then you buy the, the components, and then you buy this kind of so-called subsystems. They are this kind of little bit modules or that, that, that is make a certain dedicated task, for example, they change the attitude of the spacecraft or, or, or they take, um, um, take care of the communication between the ground station. So you, you buy this kind of um, modules and a little bit smaller part, like a mechanical parts, like aluminium part and solar panels, and then you start to design and, and mount, mount, mount that together. And of course, the, uh, this is not a random process how, how you include it, because before you have access to be launched to space, your spacecraft has to pass many, many kind of tests, and you really have to give the documentation to the launcher that, 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 it's, that it really survive. So when you are making your design, you have to make a it's kind of mechanical design, that uh, the launch uh, is really shaky event have seen so you can imagine that there is shocks and shaking so you have to make the design and in such a way that it, it can survive the shocks and uh, for example for the satellites there is a VTT Valtion Tutkimuslaitos I don't know what is in English so the there center is a, of the research something like that something yes yes and they have a facilities just maybe half a kilometer from there, so there is, we can make a shaking and we make a, this kind of shaking test 
and really show that not no pieces are, are broken down and also that the satellite is still functioning for that one. So this design is not that you just buy randomly something, you have to also take care that uh, uh, that you try to find such a component that is as, as reliable as possible. But uh, one thing is that the more reliable it is, very often if you want to have a very good, let's say, military or space standard components, they are very expensive. Mm. So then you have to make a, make this kind of uh, evaluation about uh, and the heritage of those components. Uh, so it's not this kind of random process in that respect, and then you have to, of course, design that to where you put those components and subsystems and. Then it, it is, it, it is it's in the space, sometimes uh, there's it is the sunlight, sometimes the shadow, there's a large temperature changes, you have to make a thermal analysis and, and make uh, heaters and uh, an electronical test. So, so typically, let's say if you make an instrument, you make first an electrical model. So you first test that, that those functionalities works as you want and then then it, if that works, then you make a final flight model. Do, uh, do you have, I mean, you mentioned already many kinds of tests, but these tests are about sort of the launching uh, part. But um, is there any uh, laboratory or any place where they try to simulate the conditions in, let's say, low Earth uh, um, orbits or like because of the radiation and because, I mean, it's easy to change the temperature gradient, but it's more difficult to have the same kind of, uh, maybe more difficult to have the same kind of uh, radiation atmosphere and, and um, let's say, vacuum and so on. So are there, can you send your satellite there, some some place where they test these or? Yes, 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 there is this kind of, uh, kind of thermal vacuum test, that, that it's a vacuum chamber and you can you then you can change the temperature then you change the tem temperature it goes up and down up and down up and down this kind of cycles a long time mm. and in, in such a way you really and then you testing you they are testing so does it does it is it a possibility that it will survive in the space where there is also this kind of temperature mm. variation yes this is this is also testing that happens to be done okay and this kind of electromagnetic testing is that when you are when you are designing an instrument, especially if you are designing an instrument that goes to large spacecraft, then you have to take care that this instrument doesn't make uh, electromagnetic waves that disturb the satellites. Mm. But of course, if you build an own instrument uh, and you put in all the satellites, then also you have to take a testing that uh, that it, it will survive and it doesn't none of those components make this kind of noise that finally destroy the observations of the communication. I guess when you build a satellite you have to you test all the components separately first or you know that they somehow by themselves work because you buy, buy them from someone and then you build them, test everything and then maybe it's like okay something is wrong, change or how do you really go to this iterative or do you know before? Yeah, so one, one is this shopping that uh, when and when we decide what kind of components or, or, or subsystem they have to be uh, specification about what are the, the characteristic features so this is something and then we have to trust those uh, and hopefully hopefully those works that they are supposed to work uh, but then we also make our own design let's say uh, electronic cards and we put the components and there could be a some, some kind of interference and, and this is something what we have to take into account but finally we have to make this kind of different models to really make sure uh, that that really works as, as this expected so in, of course the simulations are something simulation they never can fully represent the reality so that's the reason why we have to make this kind of mechanical electrical therm and, and, and thermal and testing. Okay, so you test with the models and then the final satellite is going to be built knowing yes. what you are. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, that is actually in, in, um, in uh, student satellites uh, we typically want to a little bit uh, make life easier so we don't have such a 
many models that we have when we make this kind of European Space Agency instrument. Because making of the models, it's also expensive. So even we don't have this kind of full one-to-one -one, uh, spare model that, that we could really uh, test and if we have problems uh, that we could test this, this cloned pair. Uh, so, so typically we have only some small parts, let's say instrument, and then, then we can test this instrument, but we cannot test, unfortunately, because it's so expensive to build a second replica. So we can only test part of those subsystems. But that's then the countered by the best thing of the small satellite that you mentioned earlier is that it's a lot faster to do. So even if everything goes uh, horribly wrong, it's not wasted of 20 years. It's maybe three years wasted or something. Or not wasted because you have learned something in, in the meanwhile, but it's sort of, if everything goes completely wrong, it's a little bit better than, than for huge satellites. So from this, it's like, how long does it take now to make it? This Fomisata that is the latest you built that was, was it launched for the 100 years of independence? Uh, actually, the name really comes that, 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 it, that our plan is that it, that it should have been launched before Finland for, was uh, 100 years old. That it would have been launched uh, uh, one, more than 100, more than one year and uh, four months, four months ago. Mm. Uh, and uh, the, when we think of, when we're discussing about how long it takes to really uh, that you start the project and, and, and when it is space. Uh, if you have uh, two years to build and design a satellite, you can do it quite quite easily, even uh, even faster. But one thing is the launch. Uh, there is always always possibility that the launch course delays. For example, our launch force delayed almost one year. So, because originally it was the plan was that it was launched in India, but they have uh, unfortunately just a launcher before us. They had the problems with the launcher, and then um, then they had to try to find the reason, and it was delays, delays, and delays. And finally, and this is the reason why finally we were launched in at California, not not like India, but it takes almost uh, almost uh, one year. Uh, but yes, it is exactly true that the power of this kind of small satellite is that turn around, that the cycle is can be very small. Mm. Two years and then you have learned and you can do better. And also you can use this kind of new technology, new components. For example, if you have uh, Rosetta, we used a components that was already, uh, we already knew that exist 20 years ago. Yeah. And it means that it's old technology. And so it means that you cannot test a new technology in this kind of old, mm. this kind of old school missions. But in CubeSat, you can really test a new technology and new components. Does it really survive in the space? If they, if they survive, that then we can use it also later. And really, also students, students we have now at the moment students in Suomi Sata who really start. Already it was that when we started to design, basic design, and they are still working in the project and getting the data. So, and you, it would have been possible if the time would have been 20 years. Yeah. Uh, but, but now the students are also eager because they know that, yes, if I'm now involved in this project and it's, it's very, very likely that I can even analyze the data mm. and look how the system works. You can start, start with a bachelor. Then you have something, then you add your master, and then yes. you have your data, and then maybe yeah. you go for a PhD and you're building a so, new satellite. So it's mm. you can have <laughs> maybe one more than one satellite per career. And yes, not one career, certainly. one satellite. <laughs> and what kind of um, instrumentation, like uh, for measuring? Well, of course, it depends on the orbit that you have. First of all, what what orbits do you? Some low Earth orbits, or yes, in this Suomi Sata and as other ones. So, so the orbits they are polar oh. orbits. So because we want to have a polar orbit, so that we can observe the, the Finnish region, take pictures of Finland, or or globe, um, measure auroras um, around Finland. And in, in Suomi Sata, the altitude altitude is a little bit uh, less than than six hundred. And uh, in other one, it's uh, 
little bit small, less, but it's pretty close, pretty close to us. Only a couple of hundred kilo, kilometers compared to the distance of the moon or Mars or mm. Venus. Mm. So, so that's the... And the reason why it is so, so near one is that we don't have any this kind of motors that we could, uh, we could um, decide that now we want to, uh, we want to uh, go out, out, out from the space. We cannot deaccelerate our orbit. So, so it's a, this kind of eco ecological that we are so close to Earth that there is still atmosphere and gradually, mm. because the air tract, so the uh, radius, the altitude is, is become smaller and smaller, and finally we will burn like a small meteorite, mm. uh, man-made, uh, man-made meteorite. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of uh, sensors or instruments you use? You mentioned taking pictures, so what is some kind of camera? Is it always uh, about, I mean, if it's that low, then you can also, as you mentioned, there is atmosphere, so you can measure the, measure something about the atmosphere as well. And maybe you can measure the, something about the strength of the magnetic fields and, and these kind of things. So there are many things to measure. Uh, what kind of sensors do you, is it always about, you know, decided individually per? So, so typically, at least so far, all of those, let's say, Alto, all the three kits, uh, they have different <coughs> instrumentation. Uh, one thing is that um, Alto One, it was so uh, the main is the technology demonstration. So it really tested uh, uh, how two different kind of instrument and 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 another actually three uh, different kind of instrument or mechanisms can be used uh, in in space and how and this is uh, that. That that, uh, was, uh, that was the motivation to choose those instruments. And Alto two, uh, it really included in, uh, instrument to observe auroral regions, let's say electron densities. Uh, but, but but actually involved in European Union QB fifty consortium. And actually this, as I mentioned, so in CubeSats you can really measure atmosphere. And one goal is to really observe upper atmosphere and the last uh, useful information about Aalto 2 really gave is that we now knew very precisely uh, at what time when it was uh, when it burned into atmosphere mm. so it really it gave information about the properties of the atmosphere and uh, in this QP50 they included several instruments really to observe a, a neutral atmosphere uh, oxygen and uh, molecules and, and atoms that really to make this kind of upper atmosphere observations because they are so close to Earth. Mm. That's a nice thing to hear that Alta 2 was a very uh, useful, it gave useful data till the very last end, <laughs> till the end when it was completely burned. Yes, that, that's true, that was, that was a useful end. Or yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then this uh, Suomi Satasoit has, has also different instrumentation because actually it goes it goal was similar that Alto one to really make a geospace auroral and space weather research. So that's the reason why we have a camera to take pictures of auroras. We are above the clouds, so mm. clouds doesn't disturb those uh, aurora observations. And then we have this kind of radio spectrometer that observe radio waves at different frequencies. Part of those are coming from the sun, they are associated to the, uh, to the space weather and also we are measuring how space weather affects to this auroral region. And we make active measurements by combining radar observations and our observations. So all of those three had a different focus, technology demonstration or, or, or this kind of auroral geospace and different instrumentation. It's uh, actually quite interesting thing because in the history there has been so many satellites and basically all our technology now is built on the fact that we have satellites and well of course here are the big ones all the gps uh, like uh, the constellation that the european galileo and then the russians and then you have all the tv radio all of those and then you have this big uh, i guess they already have some atmospheric uh, measurement before 
now it's it's really like uh, when it feels a bit like uh, here in this big company they do this big measurement then me I can do this small experiment at home so it's like uh, maybe it's your group here at the university wants to know something and then you also have the, the expertise to build a satellite so it's like okay we can actually build what we need to actually measure the one thing we want to measure or the several of course then you ship it five years later let's say you actually have this measurement that you're actually studying and, and it, uh, another thing that actually comes to mind is very very useful that uh, with the same cost of, of one huge satellite you can make many small ones and you can send them at the same time and you can take measurements at the same time from different areas so if, for example if you're doing these atmospheric measurements you can surround the earth with these small ones and make measurements at the same time and see if, if I don't know if, if a storm somewhere affects something or if a, if a I don't know like the, the butterfly is uh, affecting. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yes, yeah, but I mean, you, so you can you can have uh, multiple sort of point of views. Yes, exactly. This kind of multi-point measurements. See, this is something that uh, that scientists always would have liked to have it, and it's so expensive. There are this kind of uh, let's say three satellites constellations, but they are very very expensive. But yes, in this kind of small satellite, you can easily. Uh, make a similar kind of measurement at the different places in such a way you can separate the, the, the time variation and space variation mm. and um, that's that's the one big big benefit and that's the reason why people are really thinking to make large clusters of satellites that mm. are really let's say tens of similar kind of satellites or, or, or satellites that are a little bit are supporting each other for scientific purposes and of course for this kind of um, this kind of business purposes uh, this also uh, possible of course internet to space so that's the then you really need uh, many 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 um, uh, cubesats but then in the there are some things that you really cannot do with a small satellite because I mean of course you're limited in space so like certain instrument you need a big one but in this case you can make a lot of simple measurement and it gives you maybe more data than one very good measurement and and one thing that now comes to my mind when like uh, it's kind of the beginning of this CubeSat uh, I'll call it like a, not a revolution but it is some, somehow it is a bit this uh, new uh, step of the space exploration like near space uh, before it was only the big uh, ESA, NASA, the big for no corporation but like the this research, yeah the, like the research centers now everybody can do it but then how how does it happen that it's already at space junk is a problem how do you solve the issue of okay Lalo, we have now ten thousand small satellites going around like what what has been done or gonna be done yeah yes so maybe first oh yes you, you are certainly right so actually the when we mentioned that this this kind of new paradigm change and the, the, the umbrella word is new space this old spaces as mentioned is that those only big countries or large uh, large uh, this kind of um, organizations could launch but nowadays everybody can have access to the space and really test the ideas we are testing our scientific ideas but small companies are testing their business ideas but it also means that, uh, as uh, you mentioned, that it also means that the number of satellites is increasing. And uh, one, this is also one reason why this, uh, there are these kind of rules. Um, um, juridistically, they are, I'm not jurist, so it might be that they are not so strict rules, but they are at least recommendations. Uh, that, uh, that if you launch a small cube satellites, it should be launched in such an orbit. Uh, that's a, so close to Earth that it will uh, survive in space less than 25 years. But there but is some actual well, law or recommendations. Yeah, I mean, so that, that's the idea of what it should be done. Okay. And this actually, but nowadays, because the number of this kind of satellite is increasing, this, uh, this year, uh, this uh, 
25 years is, is going to decrease years we'll see yeah and um, because um, because of those space uh, because if the spacecraft it doesn't anymore doing the things that it is doing of course then it's a chunk and we would like to get rid of that one and there are different uh, ideas and technologies and as I mentioned in Alto one it is a technology demonstration so there are two um, space instrument demonstrations, but uh, then it's also testing a new technology, how to get down faster the spacecraft uh, actively. So and it is, but it is done in such a way that there is a 100 meter wire, mm. and and it is wire because of the electromagnetic forces. Uh, it will uh, decrease the velocity so that it drops faster. And there are all kind of exotic, exotic things that there are satellites that, that really collect, catch those broken satellites mm. and um, maybe fix those broken satellites. But many of those are nice, a uh, little bit like a scientific uh, fiction. But there are big need for different technologies and also need that there is a good motivation really uh, to, to make a planning and test different technologies how to how you can actively um, get rid of those satellites if it's more working. In, in principle we have to remember that 3D space is, is a very very large space so but there are certain re region, regions or altitudes that are very occupied because we want to make, make sure that all altitude regions remains the place that uh, we can send the satellites at the risk that there's a collision is very very small. Of course now that it's always like the, you start something and you don't think about the consequences because hey this is the new thing who cares and then at some point you're like ah oh, well uh, now it's a problem we could have thought about this before but too late. Maybe we should have cared. Yeah but. and now now we care so now the new generations are like, oh, you care, new generation. We are old, we don't care. Mm. And, well, that's that's basically life. <laughs> that's yeah. what happens all the time. Yeah. And uh, so now it's, it's going with, with space also. And cleaning space, not that easy. And thinking <laughs> before is maybe much, much easier. So you said before that this Alto one is still there. So you still didn't t test this device. So not yet, not yet, yes. This is, this is the last 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 kind of operation that it will be done so it has been successful with the camera kind of radiation monitor but this is now the last technology demonstration part of it okay and it's do you have an idea when this is going to be uh, so uh, there it's actually quite a long maneuver and this maneuver is is now now working up it's, they have started this maneuver okay mm. but it will take a little bit time before to really get the data and to analyze the data to really see that has to really make uh, such a deacceleration was planned. This is a very um, this is actually finished finished invention. Also in that respect, if that works, so maybe that would be one one possibility to really have a standard standard satellites if that is quite close to Earth. Yeah. And also, if if there is an issue with the satellite that can happen, it just sent and then it doesn't speak with Earth or just uh, cannot really get much out of it, and then maybe have some system that would activate this automatically if there is no contact or something, and if the solar panel don't work, and that it could be some safety. Like a safety belt or <laughs> yes, if only that safety belt is working correctly. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> that is the thing we need to know before. And for example, if you don't get the power, then you are in a problem, then you can you cannot do anything you need some kind of computer to take care of those maneuvers. But certainly, certainly there is a all kind of plans and it has been quite a long with this kind of plan. And, but if your interpretation was in that respect uh, 
um, that was all right that at, at this kind of uh, let's say 10 15 years ago the number of satellite was so so small so it wasn't uh, was a little bit this kind of academic discussion about uh, what about if we have many satellites but but not nowadays we have so this kind of things and importance have, have been realized that is yeah, really have to take care of this is one one thing what you have to take care of there are many many other things and actually the same similar things a little bit happened in Finland because now finally last year we get the Finnish space law so earlier in this Alta Alta 1 and Alta 2 there are there is uh, already that time certain rules and uh, regulations but only now um, let's say Suomi Sata and this another hello world we are the first that really had to go through all of those space law parts and really really provide all documents and ask permission to make uh, this kind of space activities so so it was a little bit uh, but but then Finnish government and and um, people all wake up when when Alto 1 and Alto 2 was was launched that okay something is happening and mm. maybe we have to do something and now there is a Rules, rules of the road and so realistic rules what happened. Okay. So not making only scientific discoveries and, and technolo technology demos also uh, just bringing the rest of the society with you as well so bringing bringing all of us to the situation we have to have new rules and we have to think about these new things. Yeah, about the rules is uh, maybe your question before we close this. Uh, is there some world organization that takes care of the space like that is for the aviation, that there is this kind of a association that basically every country but you uh, are agreeing on is there the same on space? Yeah, all of those those uh, those satellites that are launched, they are registered to the uh, United Nations. United Nations. Yeah. Okay. So also also in Finland, if you go to internet, you can you can find the information that we have provided when the basic uh, information about our satellites and and the orbital parameters. And also there are institutes and governments and organizations who are really always monitoring what kind of space material there is as to the keeping uh, the truck all of those flying objects. Typically they are man-made objects, but there could be also this kind of So yes, yes, this there's a catalog for all launches and and all all satellites. Uh, I say all satellites, of course, there are some military satellites and the information is maybe not so <laughs> openly <laughs> available. Do you have any Anything more? No, I think, I think uh, the one the one thing that uh, uh, close. Uh, of course, uh, probably most of the people know that with the Apollo 13 falling Houston when they had a problem. So, what would it be in Finland if your satellite have a problem? Uh, what is the command center called here? Is there a name or how do you call <laughs> it? Funny, maybe we have a problem. Yeah, I don't know how would you call it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, maybe you don't have this kind, of, this kind of exotic way. So if you have a problem, unfortunately, we recognize uh, that, that the data what we get down, there is some errors, or then we send the comments, and then, then, then we see that the satellite or instrument is not reacting as, as we expected. So then, then, it, then this is the way how it is. Uh, not, it's not so beautiful. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not fancy in this case. No, yeah. Yeah, that's but it's here in Otaniemi. Yes, yeah, the, okay. yes, we have a ground station about one kilometer from here, so there is now students operating and uh, they, they are the first person who will recognize if something okay. goes wrong and then I will hear from yeah. them. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for the discussion and uh, do you have any contacts that you want to leave? Like if someone wants to know more about these projects, where do, can they find the projects? And yeah. So if you are interested, so in Aalto University there is own own websites for satellites. So if you go to Google and Aalto, 
and satellite, small satellites, CubeSats, and also if you go to Suomi 100 satellite uh, dot fi uh, web page, so then you can you can get information about this satellites. There is a description about satellites and right. results. So I'm gonna put the course the link on the description of the podcast, like usual, and then before we close, Johanna, that's your job. Mm, I think easy is uh, hashtag all the coops up for. Yeah, okay. So we always have to come up with a hashtag at the end of the. So if you got this far in the podcast, go to Twitter at stg underscore podcast and tweeted us at hashtag AltoCubesat. Mm. So we know you got this far and there is still this friend of mine that only writes to me in Telegram. <laughs> so we are never gonna get anybody doing that because he does it on purpose without telling me. But anyway, thanks again for coming and thanks for getting this far and we can, if I can this button, have a nice Today is afternoon, yeah. evening, night, morning, whenever you listen to this. Bye bye.